Welcome into Paydirt Sports. Will Dundon and Seth Coggin in here with you again after a little holiday hiatus. But guys, I mean, the, everyone listening knows we got plenty to talk about. Just great playoff games. We'll talk a little ball action too, but obviously we're going to focus on these playoff games that, hate to tell y'all, but uh, we pretty much nailed. Uh, nailed it. Paydirt, again, calls it first. But, I mean, guys, Seth, I think... I think I want to go in order. I think we go. I think we go Michigan, Bama first. Talk about it. I'll just say first of all, I would have been. I don't really care for Michigan fans, but I would have been a little heartbroken if that extra point. I feel like no one really mentioned that. Yeah, but, I mean they go into overtime, and it's like, hey, if you would have hit this extra point, this wouldn't be happening. Obviously, yeah. some other things could have played out in the game, but. Yeah, I never like to dwell on that kind of stuff too much in the early because so much does change. Yeah. throughout the game like you know Alabama might go for a fourth down later on when they kick a field goal to make it a seven point lead when instead of making it like a six point lead you know I, you know you never really know um what might happen on uh but yeah I mean for Michigan to overcome well I think even right out the gates yes. like literally the first play from scrimmage it seemingly looks like Michigan throws one of those boneheaded interceptions I've seen in a long time and it felt literally like, oh, my gosh, this might become like. Things were already kind of set in motion. The Big Ten was not looking very good. No, um, just like percept. We always do that every year. It's kind of like perception wise and, you know, a few bowl game, a few. Um, but I mean, Ole Miss had just routed Penn State pretty good or handled Penn State. They didn't really route Penn State, but they they handled Penn State pretty good. You literally and the lead up to this game is is uh iowa the champion a team that represented the big 10 west in the championship game getting just throttled by the vols which i'm sure we'll touch on uh yeah. later on when well, you had a so you're just kind of like albeit with their third string quarterback but regardless that's the thing everyone i, I get we talk about opt-outs and i guess florida state georgia is the one you can kind of point to that it obviously hurt a lot not I, i'm obviously still think georgia would have crushed them but I don't think anyone is like pointing to Ohio State, Missouri and being like, oh, well, Ohio State, you know, they had they got down. to It's like it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of the day, Missouri is your Cotton Bowl champ or whatever at that point. Yeah. And, you know, SEC beat the Big Ten in that. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of yeah, leading up to it. It's like you, you those kind of even though Michigan's the one seed, the thoughts kind of creep in. That's Bama, man. That's mighty Bama. Like they have not fallen off. You know, they are the standard of excellence in college football and have been for this millennium years. Yeah. Uh, 15 years. Um, and so, you know, the, I don't know. I feel like the just kind of vibes were like, Bama might kind of have their way with Michigan today. Like it wouldn't necessarily shock me if, uh, if Bama kind of runs away with it and then right out the gates, dude, throw just the worst interception, just like absolute bonehead play. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Like, is this going to be some, like one of those kind of events? where it's like where something just kind of steamrolls them. And it honestly, that was like a absolute breath of fresh air when it gets overturned. And it was, you know, probably the right call. Um, he had gone out of bounds. And so it was not a, a legal interception. Um, it was so close, probably, you know, Yeah, well, very close. You had, to, um, you had to really look at it. And there were probably still some Bama fans out there that – and I'm yeah. not even – like I'm not 100% certain. To me, it looked like he was out, but I couldn't yeah. necessarily say – Absolutely. But uh, that just kind of gave you like a sigh of relief, like, oh, whoo, 
like dodged a huge bullet that we potentially like i don't know it just kind of reset it's like it okay of, we're gonna have a game yeah yeah it kind of you showed a big nervous play and then it didn't actually hurt you you're okay you know just got to second down uh, and got to keep rolling but then they kept making like michigan and this was i don't know how deep we my main thing on why I thought Michigan is not a team that beats themselves. Like that is what they've done. That's what I said. They have little advantages and they just add up to pretty, pretty dominant victories. Um, And and they did like they beat themselves. They made some really, I mean, I guess in the end, they only made one really crucial because they fumbled the pun at the very end, but he, he did get it back. Um, Right. And then they had, they had the missed extra point. They had another bad snap leading to a missed field goal. Of course, that was a 50-yard field goal, you know, 49-yarder, I do believe. Um, so, you know, pretty – not like he was just a chip shot. Um, and then – but, yeah, the, the the other first fumbled punt return um, was a pretty crucial error. Um, but you just – I mean, their defense was all, all over, over Milro all night. Like, I mean, he was seeing ghosts out there. Um I mean, they that's were... the best – I mean, just when you're watching that pass rush and you are playing Mighty Bama, like everyone watching knows how good Bama is, especially watching him against Georgia. Like that was one of the few times in recent memory where I've just been super impressed by defense on that big of a stage. And and to your point earlier, to me it felt like I, – I sent a text to you and a couple other guys after the first half was over. It felt like Michigan had – basically dominated the half and was somehow still only up 13 to seven because of their own mistakes. Like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, there is 13, 10, I think 13. Yeah. They're, they're up three. Um, yeah. And that's, that is a crazy, th- crazy thing about it is, yeah, it looked like the first half felt like Michigan dominated up three and then Bama just came out gun. Like they came out just bawling in the second half. Um, they, they just boa constrictored that third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. we're just playing great defense, c- weren't really allowing anything. Um, offense got the ball rolling a little bit. We're, we're, we're feeling pretty good. And it really did look like, okay, this is the Bama team that shuts them down in the second half, uh, and, and pulls away for a, almost for a minute. It looked like it might even be a fairly easy win. Um, and they had some, they had a few chances to have a full on knockout punch and they just couldn't quite do it. Um, you know, they, they had a chance to score a touchdown to go up 10, uh, or to go up 11 with the extra point, um, with several minutes left. And that pretty much would have sealed it. Um, especially just with the way Mich- Michigan isn't really built to like score. I mean, it's possible are capable of it, but they're not super, super built to just score a 30, 40 second touchdown drive where they just have, you know, they're, they're kind of a more of a march it down the field. You know, mm-hmm. get first, pick up first downs. And anyway, so like if they have them scoring two touchdowns in under four minutes is not very likely. But you know, they Michigan holds them to a field goal, uh, and then and it, I was uber impressed with just with how Michigan has not been in that situation at all. Like they have just blown teams out. Um, they have not trailed. I don't think they've trailed probably in the second half. Maybe a very minimal. They they trailed maybe a little bit in that Ohio State game. Yeah, I don't uh, even in the remember. second half. Um, but it's just like they have not needed a game winning drive or really even like a game winning anything um all year. 
Uh, but it's just a testament to the championship caliber program. Like that's what we keep like keep talking about. And all these like like Alabama is the same, you know, kind of breadth of the program is a championship culture. Like they are they are built for those kind of moments. Like, okay, we have one chance to have a drive. We need a touchdown. It's gotta be now. Mm-hmm. And like somebody's gonna have to step up and make a play kind of beyond. Like they needed a few amazing, like great plays to kind of keep things alive uh, and keep it going, but they stepped up and they did it. Um, and it was pretty, pretty awesome to watch and just an epic scene. Um, that's what we were, we, we talked about it, man. The, the most aesthetic game uh, possibly of let's let's just said we, we've talked about it, but let's just reiterate. These are the two winningest college football programs of all time. Like these are the two big dogs. Um, and it is Nick Saban versus Jim Harbaugh. Now, while they don't have necessarily the same championship pedigree, you know, Harbaugh has not won a championship. They are on, they are kind of considered the true t- top of the top uh, in coaches. And in terms of media exposure, in terms of just kind of intrigue, they are two of the top guys in, in football. Yeah. Yeah, you got the two best coaches from the two best conferences, mm-hmm. the two most prestigious programs in those conferences playing at the Rose Bowl. Playing at the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day at the sunset time slot for a chance at the national championship. And for all like that's just pure, man. That's just pure. And then it comes down to a fourth quarter need it touchdown drive where Michigan just answers the bell and punches it in for a touchdown. Um, and they take it to overtime. Just absolutely fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic. Of course, Bama had a chance. Actually, they scored with over a minute left. Bama had a chance to go down and get something, but they just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very, very disappointing. If I was a Bama fan, just like that is the, like the center quarterback exchange being a problem all night. Yeah. I would be so fruit because that is the kind of thing that you have not seen from like a Saban team. You don't like, see that at a at a at any of the programs that are competing for the playoffs. No. Like you never see like that's just not a problem because the reason that's not a problem is because if that is a problem, they have someone there who is capable of it not being a problem. Yeah. Um typically now so I don't know what you know the deal was with I, I don't know what was going on. Uh, but that was a, that was an issue before in the season, like it, it, that that came up, you know I, that happened in the Auburn game. That's a reason why they were backed up to ha- need that fourth and twenty seven play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was a bad snap, and like it 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 was um, not like a non issue all year, and to still be plaguing you because like there was one drive especially I can think of, and I don't know exactly. I can't think of it. I can't remember exactly when it was, but. You know, they were down having a really good drive down in plus territory, probably past the 40, 30. They're probably at the 35-ish yard line of Michigan going into score. And they had two bad snaps in a row. That just takes them. They ended up having to punt, you know, and it's just that's a huge dude. This margin of this game was so small. Like that these teams were so evenly kind of matched across the board uh, in terms of how good the teams were. Uh, and so when you do little stuff, even on the very final play of the game, a, a bad snap, he was able to handle it, but a bad snap made things go. It makes you move faster. 
Like, it made if, him rush if, because yeah. we we talked about this uh, the last play. We were all kind of upset with that play call, but then you know going going over Twitter and stuff, you kind of see that there were a couple options for him to take, especially you know if he runs left. That seemed to be what people were saying was what he was supposed to do was go left. The lane was open, and apparently. I heard there was a pass option. I didn't, again, I didn't watch the video super intently, but that was the other thing that apparently he had a pass option there that he could have taken. But yeah, when you have a low snap that you have to get, you panic and you say, okay, I just got to go. And obviously yeah. there was nothing there. Yeah. It just, yeah, it speeds up your whole processing. And if you're dealing with that all night, you know, pretty consistently he was handling bad snaps. Um, and your rush is already like, you're already, you're getting squeezed on both ends. Um, you know, you're getting rushed on the front end and you're also, you're also having to deal with like a tremendous pass rush. Um, it makes it very difficult, very, very difficult on a quarterback, but man, it was just awesome. What a scene. I mean, I can't imagine, like I was cheering for Michigan and I've been repping Michigan pretty, you know, pretty vocally, like, you know, but, but it's just not, you know, it's not quite, I'm obviously not a true, like diehard Michigan fan though I do love I do love the maize and blue that's not that I I love them love Harbaugh America's team one more win and the job is not finished like I'm all aboard the Michigan I've been riding them all year um they've been our national championship pick the whole year I can't imagine if that was truly like I was a graduate or something or like you know that was our family heritage to be like that scene oh you go down and you get the fourth quarter score and then you go to overtime, you punch it in with a Blake Corum, just power run, mm-hmm. just an awesome touchdown run. That's the thing. You win the game exact with your brand of football. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like to a T that was, it was pretty, it was pretty special for college football. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the ratings have come out yet, but I, I can, I was, I meant to put out like a little tweet or something before the game be like, I, I would, we but would be willing to bet. This is probably the highest rated college football game of potentially ever. Like, I literally don't know if just the yeah. setting and all the lead up to it, like the controversy surrounding it, all of this stuff. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a true, uh, bigger like audience. Um, Cause you know, the numbers gradually have gone up over the time anyway, Cause I can think back to some like really popular national championships, but like even those, like the audience has just grown over the last, um, you know, little bit. So mm-hmm. the Rose bowl setting is just, it's, it's so superior, dude. It's, it's night and day. The feel like you feel like you're watching the national championship at like whenever I watch something at the Rose. Bowl. Well, and it's like, even just the, I mean, you have Herb Street and Fowler on the call versus Greg McElroy and uh, uh, McDonough on the other game. Yeah. Like even that makes it feel a little different. That's a good point. Yeah. Swapping from the, that epic battle of the Titans at the, at the Rose bowl. And then you're going down to like another, I mean, and yeah, we're, we'll, I'm sure we're about to jump into it, but yeah, another great game between great teams, but it just didn't quite, it just had more of the feel of a, you know, another bowl game or like, you know, it doesn't quite have the mystique doesn't quite have that, uh, that pop, uh, mm-hmm. of, of for that's what us, that's what the college football, pure, like tradit like purist, I'd call myself like people that love it for the love of the sport, the love of the game. Like that is what I, that's what I love, man. I, I can't get enough of that kind of stuff. Um, and so having that all aligned perfectly, was and i saw the case made and it's been kind of brought up before and i'm 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 in on it 
the Rose Bowl should host the national championship every year. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I think that would be a good answer to I think it would be great. Because what what better venue for college football than the Rose Bowl? It just doesn't really exist. Yeah. Pasadena. That's a, I mean, it, it it does have so much to do with the aesthetic, like you said. I mean, there obviously have been so many legendary games played there. And that's what <clears throat> excuse me. When you talk about when you see like a college football montage, like one of the the most perfect scenes you see is VY running into the end zone, you know, yeah. at the Rose Bowl. Like that's one yeah. of the number one moments in college football. Um, and the only thing, I mean, I would say this past one would have been up there too, if it had been, you know, a national championship. That's the only difference. I'm sure it'll still be on whatever montage they make, but yeah. Well, that's what, um, when I said like all time great or, you know, most viewed college football games and stuff, I definitely thought back to, it's hard to beat that USC Texas national championship. And the, and then guess where it was the Rose bowl. Like that, that is part of like the scene of, of so much, so many great kind of moments um, that Georgia versus um, Oklahoma, one of the best playoff games we've ever had Rose bowl. Um, it just special things happen. Special it demand, things. The happen. Rose bowl demands it. It demands. A it does. Game. It does. Now there's been some clunker Rose Bowl games, yeah. I will say. Like there's it's not always the best um but man, when it when when the Rose Bowl gets a good fourth quarter game, it's special. It is it is special. And and so I would like I would like to have that every year, at least that opportunity. Yeah. I think that would be sweet. Uh let's jump in. We will talk a little bit about the Washington-Texas game, which was just – we were talking about it before we started recording, just a wild finish. But, uh, yeah, I mean, before we even get into that, dude, I don't know. The Heisman's such a weird award nowadays, I feel like. It, should, it doesn't hold the same prestige that it once did. But, dude, Michael Penix, that dude, I mean – Unreal. There needs to be I, – I would totally be for waiting to give that out after – I, I guess you would give it, it – it's supposed to be a regular season award for the, the kids' accomplishments, and I guess you almost give a, an advantage to a guy if he's on a bigger stage. But when a guy comes out and just performs like Michael Penix did, and he had 4,500 yards or something on the season already, I mean, gosh, that dude, he put on a show. And honestly, people were bashing yours a little bit at the beginning, but even some of the throws he made, I was like, gosh, this game is fun to watch. And if it weren't for the game I had just watched, I'd be probably even more on the edge of my seat for it. Um, but yeah. just seeing the back and forth and, and it wasn't too high scoring either. You know, it ends up being 37, 31. Like, it's not like it was just no defense played. Like there were just big plays being made all game. Yeah, it was, it was a, it did feel it obviously felt like a very high level game. Like you can tell these are two really good teams playing, but it did feel the space felt like, like Alabama and Michigan felt so dense. Like mm -hmm. so much of the action is happening, like really close Washington, Texas felt a little more spread out, like a little, little more, little more to do with some downfield passing. Um, just, I don't know, just bigger plays were happening more often. It felt like, um, in terms of even just like kind of swing plays and stuff like that. Um, but Penix was just spectacular. 
I mean, just spectacular. And and it really did look like at one point they were just going to ease into a win. Um, and they were just kind of pull away. Of course, he did fumble. He fumbled, correct? He's the one that fumbled um, when they were up 13, I want to say. Um, I thought that was a running back maybe, but maybe he did fumble too. It, it, it might have been. I, I'm, I was listening on the radio at that point in time, so I can't remember exactly but any anyway, mm-hmm. either way just some of the placement of his ball is just remarkable it it looks it looks kind of bizarro coming from his lefty kind of yeah that's what it is slings right? it lefty, lefty too yeah um and so it's just like it looks different i think because uh, we're always used to seeing right-handed quarterbacks and so visually on the tv like it's facing the opposite direction mm-hmm. uh, like he's actually facing the monitors um, so it looks, so it actually like, I don't know. You can just see more of his full body wind up. Um, but man, it was, and that, I mean, honestly, shame on me for not watching more Washington during the regular season. Like, yeah, I caught some of their games and like watched some of their fourth quarters and whatnot. And like, I was very uh, uber impressed with him going into this, but like I had probably not sat down and watched a full 60 minute game. Um, and I was just. I mean, they have some highly, highly talented wide receivers. Yep. Um, they have a very good scheme, and they have a fantastic quarterback. And you put that all together, and they're very difficult to stop. I mean, they're going to give – it is going – I'm looking forward to this championship game because it is more of a clash of styles. Honestly, we had some pretty good matchups um, in terms of stylistic matchups, like Bama-Michigan – and then Texas Watt, like those are pretty comparable in style ish. You know, they're, they're different teams. They're kind of trying to win the same way though. So it's cool. It's like, Hey, who does this better? Basically. Yeah, exactly. So now we're going to have a real dynamic kind of style, um, game to look forward to, which will be, I mean, awesome. But, um, I think it really did kind of come down to, I think Texas probably had a little more, especially like defensive line o-line talent like in the trenches i think they were a little superior but Penix was so far better than yours in this game like mm-hmm. it wasn't even i mean they weren't even in the same ballpark in terms of who was the better quarterback in on that night um he was i was pretty unimpressed with Quinn's performance and you know he, he wasn't as good, consistent yeah, like because there were yeah. some deep balls that he threw that he just let it rip, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what's about to happen?" And a receiver comes down with it. That I'm like, "Dang, that was a he does throw that was an NFL throw. He throws an insane deep ball. Like yeah. he throws an incredible deep ball. But it is the consistency on those mid range passes. Yeah, he missed some easy ones across yeah. the middle. They, late they in weren't. The game they just too. Their offense just did not seem super fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. they never carried a ton of momentum it wasn't like they were just drive you know and then they had some bad fumbles texas it, it's a it was a crazy game because it did finish um so oddly and will you can you can kind of break down that finish a little bit but like in a game that washington does hang on to win you both feel like washington could have pushed this thing out and won fairly easily but at the same time, if they don't make so many mistakes, I see no reason why Texas couldn't have won that game. Um, and so that's just the beauty of why we play them. 
Like mm-hmm. it, this game, these are two really great college football teams. Um, either one could be playing for the national championship. Washington made a few less errors and desperately held on at the end. Um, even after, even after they could have made it very easy on themselves, uh, it becomes very difficult. Um, so yeah, so to, so I, um, I certainly didn't look, I, I'm, I'll never give up on a college football game. I know that anything can happen, but, um, but okay. One, all right, we're going to, we've, we've hyped the Rose bowl up a lot. One negative is they are so power hungry on keeping that. They have to have that sunset spot, which I, I get, I like, I'm pro the sunset at the Rose bowl, but timing wise, it puts you in an awkward spot. Cause you either got to put the first semifinal game super early, or you got to put the second semifinal game super late. And the first game goes to overtime, pushes it back even another 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And it did lead for a very late night. So I left Little Rock. I, I was watching about 30 minutes from my house. And it was about 11 o'clock already. And I, I they were up 13. Um, they had just got and It was like either I need to go home now and get home before 1 o'clock in the morning. Or I can wait it out and watch the rest of the game. But it's likely, you know, they're kind of they're kind of dominating right now. So I listen to quite a bit on the radio, and uh, w- once I get home, they're up nine. They just went up nine points with like two and a half minutes left. I'll be honest. I saw my dog for the first time in a while. I hung out, you know. It's just I, I didn't even I didn't even turn the TV back on. I figured this this uh, this thing's over, and it's Washington Michigan in the final. And and it is. It still is Washington Michigan. They did hold on to win, but they did they did do a number. On trying to trying to give Texas a chance, yeah, and that's what, dude. You're not alone because even I'm in bed, like about to go to sleep. My wife has friends on, you know, as she like falls asleep, and I'm just like looking at it on my phone. And I thought about turning it off, and for whatever reason, I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna keep watching, you know, because I I thought it was over when they were up 13 or whatever. Then it got to nine, and I was like, meh, something might happen. So I'm watching it, you know, Texas goes down. They're kind of going for the end zone. They don't, they're they're not going to score a touchdown. And at first I'm like, oh, they're not going to get it. It's over. And then I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, they can, they can come out and kick a field goal. It's only nine points. So they'll kick a field goal now, go for the onside. They get the field goal, don't get the onside. And it's like not much time at all left. I wanted to say, I mean, I I guess it had to be a little more than a minute left around there, something like that. But anyway. Washington recovers that onside and I'm thinking, okay, it is truly over. Cause I think Texas only has a couple timeouts or something. And Washington starts running the ball, which in my head, this is where the timing, everyone gets so screwy with like what the game clock looks like versus what the play clock looks like. And I'm thinking to myself, it's weird that they're even running it. Could they not just knee it? But then I'm like, okay, I guess they need to try and get a first down maybe. So they they get down, they're running clock off a little bit, and then a Washington player goes down, which then, you know, stops the clock. They're going to have to punt the ball with about 20 seconds left, right? And then when they punt this ball to Texas, bonehead play by the, by the I think it may have been the long snapper or someone, runs into the return man, gives them another 15 yards, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. I mean, we got to – you can make a few plays right here, and that's where I think Ewers throws – 
That's when he did drop one in. It was at least one, and I may be combining. I know he threw the deep ball to, I think it was 15, that he just threw up there. Guy jumps up, gets it. It's perfect. I wanted to say he threw like a little wheel route to a running back right on the sideline before that. That may have been the drive before, though. But anyway, you know, Texas gets down, and it's like, you got two or three shots at the end zone. Um, And, you know, Texas is playing for the national championship if they get this. Um, And so we talked about it, but that I'll just talk about the last play. You are kind of, I guess you're planning on, hey, jump ball, right? If you're yours, and that's what they did. But I said this to you earlier, when I looked at that replay and saw that receiver come out of his break, all I could think was, dude, if yours just throws a bullet right there, instead of throwing a jump ball, I think it I think it gets there in time, especially if he throws it before and it's there right when that receiver if it's there right when that receiver turns around all day, I mean he should catch it. I'll say I'll say this. I think Penix makes that throw right there. Maybe. I, like, I the only, know, the he's only still, reason he's still I, gotta catch it and stuff. And the defender made a great play as well. Um but it was it, there wasn't a great chance that receiver made I mean you could argue, no. you know, a receiver, you know, one on one ball. But I, in my head, he would have I'm had thinking, to make a absolutely spectacular catch. Yes, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, yours has to be thinking if you're throwing the ball in that situation, you just have to be predetermining this is going to be kind of a like a fade, like jump ball kind of throw. But if there was a way he could have had the presence of mind, or if they could have planned on just throwing a bullet right there, I think you have it. Um, but albeit, yeah, in the Washington. DB made a great play. I mean, he went up there and he just batted that ball away. Dude, uh, that that was a potentially loss you never get over. Like if Washington somehow did Oh yeah. They they did hold on and it doesn't really matter now cuz they're going like but if they did lose that game, it is one that you never you never get over. Um just because of just because of, you know, losing losing is always one thing. Losing is one of there are two outcomes in every game you can win or you can lose, so it's always a possible outcome. But man, there are special kind, and and luckily we avoided that because that's just no good on anybody really. And you don't want to see te- like I it can't stand Texas fans in general, so like I don't want to see them as the only benefactors to that kind of loss. Um, our tech so like everyone in the world would be hurting for Washington except for Texas fans who would be happy and like undeservingly happy. Um, and so you just narrowly avoid just an all time loss. Um, and so well, now for, it doesn't really matter because you did what you yeah. had to do, but, but for you, Washington, I mean, it's like, dude, this is, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I mean, so many things have to go right. Unless you have set up a factory like Bama or Georgia and you just expect championships every year. Washington is not that Washington has been really great for a few years now, but it's like, no, you have your guy at quarterback that is a Mm -hmm. generational talent that's probably not just coming around every year. So if you want to win one, this is your best shot, and it probably will be for a few. Like, I'm not saying they could be back in the playoff next year, but I'm having a hard time thinking they just replace Michael Penix with, you know. No, you're very – I mean, that's very true because this is – yeah, you don't get – yeah, you can't even sustain a pretty good high level. Like, Washington, even for a while, like, they made – you know, they made a playoff. They did make a playoff. Or something. Yeah. Like, you know, they've been kind of around. Like, they've been a really high-level program. But this is your shot to actually win a national championship, not just to kind of be around, not just – like, they have a legitimate chance here um, to win it all. 
And, and like you said, yeah, you can build a pretty good program, but it takes at a place like Washington because they are probably that next tier of like like they don't like Bama, Georgia. I mean, even probably like those guys, those kind of true high level talent pools where they can probably win with a number of different quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you know, one of, if that, you know, they probably still need someone that's good, but one of 15, 20 guys that are out there can probably win them a national championship. Uh, in all reality, you put a lot of guys on their team and they're going to have success. Washington is a place where you got to build the rest of the roster needs to be a certain level, but then you got to have a guy at quarterback who can actually take you uh, and they do right now. And this is, he's never going to, yeah, they're never going to have a, like, I mean, yeah, you might find another one every so often who's, but I mean, it's just unlikely to find a guy this high level. They just don't come around um, very much at all. Uh, he's on a sixth year of college football. Now, granted, he, that is a crazy, that four straight seasons in season ending injury. That's mm -hmm. like insane. Um, so, but now he's been healthy the last two years. Um, and so, yeah, it's your shot. And yeah, if you lose on that kind of season that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like even this year, Bama losing, it sucks. Like, you know, they're, I mean, it's tough and like, but it's kind of like, you know what? I mean, we're probably going to be around like again, they're going to um, be everyone. If you had to bet your life on it and you were saying, okay, you can either choose Bama or Washington to be in the playoff next year. I feel yeah. like everyone would feel very confident that Bama will be a top 12 team next year. And you could be somewhat confident in Washington, but there's a you would probably be just as confident Washington would be number 14 versus number 12, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so would have just been an all time, all time blown loss. Um, so thankfully, say, thankfully they they saved themselves. Um, and they saved me from turning it off. Um, so I didn't miss like the craziest. Uh, yeah, I would have been. I'm actually, I would have been happy to miss that, dude. I do not want to see Texas win. Um, I'm anti Longhorn, Shorthorn. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I am really, there are some, a lot of negatives to realignment, and I think, um, but I am excited for Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC. I think it will provide some fun and fresh, interesting, big-time matchups throughout the year that we're not really used to seeing um, for many years to come. And, and I think I think Texas is as, as consistent as Oklahoma has been over the last, you know, 20 years, really. Um, they've pretty much run the Big 12. I think at the moment, Texas is set up a little bit better to come in and have success mm -hmm. in the SEC. Like, I don't really see – I just don't see – I mean, that talent – like, I'm not very impressed with the overall talent level at Oklahoma right now. Well, they don't have a quarterback either. Well, yeah, that is a big thing, but they'll probably fix that at least to some extent Yeah, um, in the portal, I would imagine. But, yeah, I mean, I just think, like, they could be in for – it's just a lot easier to go eight and four in the SEC than it is in the Big 12. Like a down year for them might look like 10 and two in the Big 12, but it looks like eight and four in the SEC. And that's like not as, you know, and you can go seven and five. You can go six and six a lot quicker in the SEC than it, than in the, like, you know, if you're just down a little bit, because so much of the season is determined by the first six games. Like if you do lose a little momentum, 
going in, like Arkansas. Arkansas lost by three points on the road at Bama, by three points on the road at Ole Miss. And, you know, by the end of the season, those losses had kind of piled up, and they kind of let go of the rope. Like, you know, they're they're not really, you know, it's it's kind of over. Um, and that's a lot, just a lot easier to happen when you lose two early games in conference or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. It's just one example. Um, there's just not as many – not as many teams you can go out there and beat with a C plus game, like in the Correct. SEC. I think that's a very good SEC, way to put it. For most, you know, Bama, like Georgia, they can come out and probably win with a B a B game. Like they can come out and win most of the games if they play a B game. Um, some some for some teams even probably less than that, but for most teams across the board, other than the top two or three teams a year, you got to bring an A game to win in the SEC. Like you, you have to bring a good, like you have to play well, um, or you'll get beat. I mean, I think about just Tennessee this year, for example, going eight and four in the regular season. I mean, how different do you feel about the season? If a game like Kentucky, where you played pretty well, and especially and a lot of fans did give Joe Milton credit in this, but Joe Milton played a really good game against Kentucky. I mean, if yeah. you drop that one, which very easily could have been, I mean, that's just my, my example for what you're saying. It's like if Tennessee has a B game that game or a C game, they definitely lose. And again, you know, seven and five feels a lot different than eight and four. And it's like, oh, you lost to Kentucky. That could, you know, trigger something else, like you're saying, trigger another loss later yeah. down the road. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more, there's just more opportunity to lose um, if you don't play very well. Um, so we'll just, we'll, we'll be really fun. You know, Texas, they very well, they very well may make the playoff next year. You know, there's no reason really why they can't. Um, but it's just going to be a little more difficult to, um, but good to see them back on the national scene. Um, they already get enough media coverage, so they might as well be good. You know, like I might as well be hearing about a good Texas team. But at the same time, you know, they didn't really – I don't know. They they won a lot of games this year, but they didn't really blow me away in terms of just like, oh, yeah, they're definitely here to stay. You know, like I, I could see them going 9-3 and three next year easily. Um, I think that's fair. I think they're really good, but I think that just shows you – I mean, it's going to be a different ball game. Like, yeah. And I, I think a lot of people get sick of hearing some of this, like, SEC bias talk, but I think that's just – I mean, that's just true. I mean, you're you're going to play a harder schedule. You lost one game this year. There's a chance you lose more than that next year because you're going to play more good teams. That's just easy as it is. Like pretty much last year based on, you know, there was probably, let's just say, four real chances to lose unless you play, unless something really is, you know, and you lost, you won three of them, and so you ended up in the playoff. Um, but next year there's probably six games that you could look at and legitimately lose. And if you lose, you know, if you lose three of them, then like I said, you're kind of nine and three. Um, it's just, yeah, it's the drop off isn't as, or isn't as stark in, um, it's just a little more talent all across in the too deep. Oh, I'm just, I decided just to pull up Texas's schedule next year i totally forgot about this they play at michigan second game of the oh. season 
Is that, that right be... though, or is it an? It's got that's got to be a neutral site game. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be, but it no, says at Michigan on here. Right. They play at Michigan. Besides that, it's a pretty easy slate. They got Mississippi State as their first uh, SEC game. Then they get a bye week before Oklahoma. They got Georgia at Vandy, by Florida at Arkansas, Kentucky at A and M. So they actually don't. I mean, obviously they're playing Michigan, so that adds a lot to the schedule. Um, but as far as the SEC slate goes, it's not too bad. Yeah. Could be well, I mean, yeah, but they play Georgia. Like, they don't normally play Georgia. In the yeah, exactly. Season. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Oh, it's in – But, oh, never mind. I mean, even just, like, it just is – it just adds up. That's what I'm trying to – like, the cumulative of that schedule just adds up because, you know, it's kind of like we've said for a long time about even, like, Michigan and stuff. It's like, you know, you really have – yeah, you got to be prepared every week and and – you know, you, you really have to. You got to bring – you're playing high-level college football. Like, you can't just slip up against anybody. But you can really gear up for two or three games on your schedule. And, like, the week before – the SEC is, like, the week before matters a lot, who you just played, like, who you're playing next. Like, it just adds up a cumulative – like, literally. All right, do you think – so let's just I, – I love using the Razorbacks. So Arkansas this year had to go on the road. We've mentioned it. You know, I've I've hammered this in here. This past season, they play Texas A&M on a neutral site, so that's not technically on the road. They play A&M away from home. They play at Baton Rouge, at LSU, at Ole Miss, and at Alabama in four straight weeks. Like, no buys, no cupcakes, no, like nothing separates these games. Yeah, you might even say like one at a time we might could beat all these teams, but trying to do that for four straight weeks, like to go run. Now Arkansas went zero and four, so I'm not really trying to say like <laughs> I'm just saying it's very difficult. Like stretch. Now that is a unusual stretch. That's unfair for any like no team really should have that kind of four week stretch. Um, but that, you know, you kind of get the point I'm trying to make, like, yeah, you might, you might could get up for one of those games, have a couple weeks off and get up for another one. But like, when you got to play those back to back to back to back, it's just really unlikely that you're going to come out unscathed. Like you're likely mm -hmm. going to lose one of those or more, more. Um, and so it's just cumul cumulative, cumulatively, the schedule is far more difficult when you play in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be so much fun. I know it's going to it's going to really throw a wrench in some things. I guess and it's not a problem necessarily like us being like, "Oh, it's going to be harder for some teams." Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, mean, it's harder we, for us. Got... It's harder for everybody. Yeah. Like it's harder now that Arkansas has to play Texas and Oklahoma. Like those are good teams. <laughs> that just adds a difficult opponent to our schedule too. Yeah. Gosh, it's so wild. I we I'm I almost meant to kick it off this way. I'm almost it's so I'm I've almost hit the the sad part of the season where it's like oh wow it really is over now. I mean obviously we got one game left, but it's like I've kind of been getting through with all the bowl games that have been on. But yeah, yeah. We've, but again, I mean listening to some of the guys in Knoxville on the radio today, you've said it before, Seth. There's no off season with this, so the hype train 
I mean, isn't slowing down for any program. You know, everyone's already optimistic about next year now that their season's over. And I think we can let's let's touch on that a little bit. Uh, actually, let's let's give a quick preview for the Natty, and then we can kind of touch on a couple bowl games real quick. Yeah, um, will be a fun one next Monday night. Um, yeah, obviously, I mean, unless you're unless you're starting from the forty five minute mark, it will be Michigan versus Washington. Um, so Michigan opens as about a four to five point favorite. Um, they are the they are still the one seed, so uh, they'll probably be wearing the maize and blue. Uh, this game will be held in Houston, so kind of not one of the typical like New Year's Six locations. So is that a thing now? Because was last year's was in SoFi. Yeah, I guess they're just like it's not tied to any of the standing yeah. bowls. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll be in Houston, which is funny. Like. Yeah, Texas fans definitely were so close to having a Super Bowl or a Super Bowl, having a national championship in Texas, which just would have been hilarious. But um, anyway, uh, should be oh, just based on what we saw the other night, should be just an epic matchup. Uh, Michigan's defense is just strong. They play team, they play just like a traditional team brand of football. They play, you know, they can't make. They they can't make mistake they can't make as many mistakes as they did the other night I would say like they don't need to have any fumbled punt returns like those kind of mistakes um, there's no room for that in a national championship no if you really want to have you know maybe you can overcome one but like it's just not it's not good for you to do that kind of thing so um, will be different styles here yeah Michigan wants to control the ball. They want to play very good defense. They want to wheel, win field position. Um, that is very important for them. Washington comes in and they want to spread the field. They want to throw deep passes. They want to. They want to really spread. Like Pinnock is so fantastic at throwing outside the numbers, at truly going sideline to sideline and throwing and being accurate and throwing with you know precision out there. Um, and, and I think it will ta- it will challenge Michigan's defense in a way that they have not been. Um, that will be a challenge far greater in some ways than Alabama presented on offense because that is not Milrow's strength as, as a quarterback mm-hmm. is, is not just like extreme pre- precision on, you know, outside routes. So I think it'll give Michigan, like, I think uh, Michigan's going to have to produce on offense more, a little bit more. Like, I think they're going to need to score 30 points to win this game um, on offense. I would, I, I mean, maybe even more. I could see it fair, being fairly similar to this, you know, I think 35 points or so would probably be a winner. Um, but, like, I don't think they're going to just shut Washington down. Um, I think Washington will find some pretty decent success. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to hold, like, if, if Michigan gets that kind of same kind of pass rush that they did against Bama, it, it'll make any quarterback look pretty rough. Um, because they were just all over him all night. But, you know, if you figure out a way, you know, you scheme that up, I, I just think, whew, I'm looking forward to it. I, like, it'll be fun. I, it's it's fresh. It's a fresh national championship, man. It's not, we're not talking about Alabama or Georgia. Uh, you know, it seems like they've been a factor in the last however many I can remember national championships. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of nice to have some fresh faces, um, 
and new teams with a shot. Both both these teams, this is this is both of these teams' shot to win it. Really, I mean, you never know what's gonna like Michigan. I'm, I'm you know, Jim Harbaugh is still kind of room. Like you never really know. He may he may skip out. Like he. May I heard that go today. To the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like that's always talked about. Yeah, and, and you just never really know whether you're gonna put together this good of a team again. Um, and you're going to play a 12 team playoff. Like it's going to get a little increasingly hard to actually even get to the final. Um, you're just going to have to win an extra game against really good competition. Um, so it just makes it, it adds another layer. So this is, this is their shot. I like what you said about Penix because before you said that, I was thinking about how, although Penix is a, I mean, he's a dual threat guy. You saw him make a lot of plays with his legs. And a lot – people weren't – I don't know. I heard differing opinions on how Jalen Milrow did the other night. But what I noticed throughout that game, that Alabama-Michigan game, Jalen Milrow's, like, fast twitch and explosiveness and running ability kept them in that ball game. Oh, yeah. There were sure. so many times where he was – I mean, not even just get out of a sack, but turn it into, you know, a first down where, I mean, it's caving in on him and just the only guy who's getting out of that is a spectacular athlete. And I don't think Penix has that kind of explosiveness uh, in the in his running ability. But I like what you say about his precision because after watching the Washington-Texas game, I think Washington's receiver receiving core is as good as anyone's in the country. I mean, those guys really impressed me. And... Penix isn't going to need the space that a lot of other quarterbacks would need to complete throws. He's going to be able to drop a couple in the bucket for big gains that just a lot of other quarterbacks wouldn't be able to do. Like Michigan's going to be able to play good defense and Penix still might hurt you downfield. That's just the case. So you, you just changed my mind a little bit about how this game could go. Cause I do think I could see a game where Michigan's defense just, closes in and chokes them out like boa constrictor style um but no it'll it'll be fun and i'm excited to see how Penix does against that michigan defense and it is like if michigan wants to play that slow game and try to slow them down they got to score because all it's going to take is washington on the other end making some big play to keep it close yeah that's a good point like um they they will have to they will have to score some because yeah washington can make it happen pretty quick um even if they look bad for a couple drives in a row, they can easily hit two good passes and um and put one up on you. So it'll I I'm I'm really excited for it. I, I'm it is it does when you get down to this time of the year and the Super Bowl is kind of the same way, especially because there's like two weeks build up for it, and it technically it is the best like it's the penult it's the final game, it's penultimate game of the season. It is the best two teams. You know, it's very exciting to be excited for it, but like it does, like that is the final football game, college football game. So it is also kind of sad. Like, honestly, even like I feel like January 1st separates the rest of it. Like, that's kind of the last day with multiple games, mm-hmm. like where there's actual, like, you know, stuff going on. Um, it just kind of, and that, that's like the end of, uh, there's you can't there's just sit champion. down on the yeah you can't just sit down on the couch for 12 hours yeah and so and another i mean personally not my best year 
Um, Razorbacks absolutely just hot garbage. Been through that before, but it does kind of. I will say when when your team's better, those are more fun years as a whole. Like you and you enjoy watching other games a little bit more when you're t- like. I love football, and I will always watch. If Arkansas goes zero and twelve, I'll probably watch them less and just watch more other football. Um, but like, it does just like hurt me how much worse we are than other teams. <laughs> well, it's fun I'll when you're in the good- hunt too. Yeah, and you're like, hey, we're we're up there with some of these other guys, you know. Well, and that's I think that is a positive to the twelve team playoff is for a lot longer in the season you can be in the hunt like if for a lot longer as long as you have shoot if you even have three losses you can pretty much hold out be like well if we win out we might have a chance yeah to get, like literally nine and three in the sec could possibly it's not not likely what could get you in like could sneak you in the playoff if things go right across you know um but definitely 10 and 2 like 10 and 2 in the sec you're pretty much a lock um in the playoff i would say i think i think so Um, and i just don't i think part of that too is i don't think there's going to be a ton of 10 and 2 sec teams you're just going to have to lose there's going to i don't know that's going to be tough because then i'd have i'd have to break down all the schedules and everything but it's going to be very rare if an sec team goes undefeated or loses even just loses one game you're just gonna be playing so many top quality opponents yeah so just fun to fun to think about that. Yeah, you're just so much more involved, like a huge majority. Because pretty much now, if you lost one game, even in the first half of the season, you're like, we're not making the playoff likely, like unless you're already really, really good. Um, so because four teams is just a very small, you got to be near perfect to get in. Um, and even in some cases, perfect doesn't even get you in. Yeah. Um, so it, it will just keep more people kind of involved um, for for a longer part of the season. Like, yeah, you have two losses going into week nine. Well, hey, let's win the last couple and, and make the playoff. Like, there's no – I don't know. And it's, it's It gets, gets more people involved um, for a longer – really invested for a longer bit. But, well, Will, let's um, – before we kind of wrap up here, give me a quick, uh, you know – the college football playoffs were not the only important games, especially not in this, in this crew on new year's day. Um, and, and I was, like I said, I, I had, uh, our, our family, large family Christmas on, uh, the first. And let me say, I married into a, uh, family that was heavily influenced by, a, uh, Eastern European culture, um, and not Southern football culture so um football is not necessarily priority number one now i did get the uh, michigan game on the tv um you know had no no objections to that so nice all good nice. all good you know all good there but uh but i wasn't sitting around you know in my family if there's you know an sec if there's game, ball on it's on yeah, if there's ball on it, it's on the tv most likely so um anyway so kind of just a quick you know we're probably you know pretty yeah we'll wrap it up here, soon but, uh, but yes how I mean, the Nico era has begun. Yeah, and honestly, let me just, I'll start off saying this. Nico did great. He did what I think everyone was kind of hoping for. Not a lot of mistakes. Made some good plays. Looked really good running the ball. Um, Definitely brings a different element than Joe had. 
Joe, you always knew, like, had the ability to run but wasn't comfortable doing it. Nico seems a lot more comfortable just the way he moves and is able to – he can evade tacklers. I think that's what it comes down to, too. He he can actually make those juke moves. He's so long and lanky, honestly, that I feel like that helps him a little bit in the run game. Uh, he'll still need to probably put on some weight just because he is so skinny, honestly. But, no, I mean, he made some really good throws. The offense looked pretty in sync for the most game – or most – most of most of the game but i think after just listening to some other vol fans and writers and stuff i think i'm honestly in a little bit of the minority on how the game went um don't get me wrong vols crushed them defense looked great which you were hoping for because iowa's offense is maybe the worst offense ever i mean you're talking they wouldn't look good back in the world war ii days of football like it it is so bad (laughs) um And yeah, Tennessee, I mean, scores 35, uh, one of them being a pick six by James Pierce, who everyone's pumped about. Um, So often scores 28, but you did see kind of that rhythm. You saw, I thought it seemed more like flashes of kind of that Hendon Hooker style offense where that's the offense that Hypo wants to run, but it wasn't flawless. Um, Everyone, man, dude, I have heard some, I mean, Vol fans are like, hey, if we're not in the playoff next year, it's a bust. And I'm just thinking, dude, I'm not saying Nico's not going to be great, but I don't know if he's there quite yet. I mean, we're talking, yeah, he had three rushing touchdowns uh, and a passing touchdown. So four touchdowns, that's a great day. But he threw for 150-something yards. I think I'd be feeling a lot better if it was he threw for 250 and just let it rip and everything. But I mean, yeah. I think everyone's just excited that the floor is a lot higher with Nico than it is with Joe. I think that's what yeah. is getting people so excited. Um, I mean, it's going to be tough. I think I felt good enough to say, hey, we're going to win that NC State game early in the year, and we're going to go into Oklahoma, that first big road SEC game, where hopefully Oklahoma, I don't know. It doesn't, to me, that seems like a very winnable game. And if you can get that, then okay, let's start talking about yeah playoffs and everything that but is, i'm not I, I didn't come away from that game being like oh we really got a shot against bama and georgia next year you know and i think that oh, seemed yeah. to be the case well but i think that seemed to be the case with a lot of tennessee fans they're like oh i mean we beat them we beat bama here last year like we can do that and just hearing what people were saying about nico like already talking about how he's going to be the best quarterback ever since peyton um and i'm like dude hinden hooker like, let's throw a little respect on Hooker's name, okay? He had one of the greatest quarterback seasons. Yeah. I mean, he had yeah. a top season in, like, the conference history. Literally. I mean, I mean you, like... you talk about flawless. I mean, Hinden Hooker was almost flawless. That touchdown-to-interception ratio is was phenomenal. Yep. Um, he was dynamic. He was – yeah, he was – Fantastic. So I think people – I think people are just excited. Um, now, Nico seems like he's a better runner than Hooker, maybe, but – I don't know. I just wasn't it it was it this is what sounds funny is I'm less impressed by that performance than Joe Milton's Orange Bowl performance last year because you did see I mean the dude threw two bombs for touchdowns, made some reads and threw a bullet uh in the back of the end zone uh for another touchdown pass against Clemson versus this Iowa team who everyone talked about having a great defense but 
I mean, here's the thing. They were playing Big Ten West teams all year. That's what it comes down to. That's why it was that is like a that. good that's a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, th- they were not really going up against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh... So it, I'm not saying like I think 10 and two is on the table, but I would be less surprised with eight and four than I would with 10 and two. I think eight and four is more realistic. I think nine and three is nine and eight or nine wins is very realistic next year. Uh, I heard a lot of guys saying, you know, 11 wins isn't off the table. I just have a hard time believing Tennessee is going to win 11 games next year. Yeah. Um, and I don't, that's not, I mean, they could be a playoff team, obviously, and not win 11 games. So that's just where I'm at. Uh, I'm feel good about, I think Nico is a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's at the level where right now he's going to go in and take over against Georgia or Bama. And that's who you're kind of holding yourself to right now. Yeah. Um, that is exciting. You know, that that's a, I mean, that's a good win. Just like uh, from a bowl perspective, take bowls for whatever that you want. That's it's a good sign and a good like program win to come out there and put up stomp just, a ten a ten win team. Yeah, to just I mean, to whew, to spank them. I mean, to come out there and just handle them um, was pretty impressive. Their offense is putrid. It is bad. What they they didn't score a single point against three ranked teams. Like that's that's almost impossible. Yeah, that was their worst loss. Um, the other two. Penn State beat them 31 nothing, and I think Michigan beat them 26 nothing. Yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, I, I, it's nice to have high expect. Like, it's not – I don't know. But but having expectations of a playoff, I think you're in a really good spot because it's like, look, I expect a good season. I expect, you know, I expect a solid, really good season. And I, I wouldn't be shocked, and I, like – am hopeful for a playoffs type season, you know, a 10 win is not out of the, it's not like unbounded hope. Like it's not unfound. Um, you know, it's, it's actual tangible hope that, yeah, I think we could win 10 games next year, um, and make the playoff. Um, but at the same time, I think it is a little more realistic to probably reel that in just a bit. Um, until, you know, yeah, a guy coming in for his first year as a starter, as a you know pretty much a redshirt freshman um it's, it's hard to expect like because like kind of back to what we were talking about a little bit with like yeah if you put him on a team like Alabama yeah i have no real problem thinking they go you know one loss undefeated at worst ten you know that's not really but for Tennessee, they're kind of on that next level where if they're going to go, if they're going to have a season like that, like if they're going to go 11 and one or, you know, 10 and two or, or above, they need a guy to really elevate, to be a true game changer. Um, and, and you hope you have a guy that has that ceiling of a game changer of a program enhancer, but you know, it's not necessarily, even fair to expect that in year one as a starter Mm -hmm. for him to just be an elevator of everything. So, um, but fun to have that hope all off season, like fun to know you got a guy that can go out there and get your wins. Um, yeah. And I think the, the last point I'll make about 
my at least record prediction of I guess it's not really a prediction if I'm going either or, but I'm saying eight or nine wins. Tennessee has not yet proven in the Hypo era that they are going to beat all the teams they're supposed to beat. So you're, if you're saying we're going 10 and two next year, I'm assuming you're saying we're going to lose to Bama and Georgia. Fine. But look, so far, even say whatever you want about the whole South Carolina fiasco uh, two years ago, you didn't win that game. This year, it was Florida. You you could say that Missouri, Georgia, and Bama were all better than, than you this year, but Florida was not, and you still couldn't get it done there. So my three or four losses comes from, I just believe that Tennessee is not at the program level where they're not going to drop at least one, uh, one controversial game or you know whatever you want to call it one game where you either think you're better or you're on an even level you're probably going to drop one of those in addition to georgia and bama yeah and pretty... now maybe maybe nico does give you a little elevation to where you have a shot at beating georgia or bama and you win that but i think you still counter it with probably a loss to someone not as good that you think you should beat but yeah. excited for it, it it's kind of how it goes yeah good to be excited for it all right, so um, who you got? Score, give me a, give me a score and a, and a quick. I'm going to say Michigan 27, Washington 24. I, I do think – I think Washington's going to score a few touchdowns. I'm going to say 27-24, Michigan. I got it. 33 to 30. Michigan takes it by three as well. I just got it a little higher, a little higher scoring. And I'll say this I think there's a chance if there's a blowout, I think it's by, I think it's Michigan blowing Washington out, but it's not really a, it's a Michigan style blowout. Like it's 27 to 14, but they kind of just control just the entire game. On them. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, I'm, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. If that happened, but I just think I I think we're setting up for a good game. Like I think, just it did take. I think it took a little bit more out of Michigan to get that win against Bama, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that actually helps Washington have a better yeah. chance to stay in this one. Um, but I think Michigan, like we said, they have that kind of culture that like they aren't just like. Yeah, it was a big effort to beat Bama, but I do fully believe they'll lock back in and um and bring the bring the A game. Mm-hmm. If they both bring the A game, I think Michigan comes away with the win. If Michigan gives up, you know, this is what I was saying against Al and they didn't do it against Alabama. They did they had some mistakes, but I said you can't give Alabama special touchdowns. Like you can't give Alabama a fumble return for a touchdown, a pick six. A punt return for a touch. Like, you cannot give them that kind of thing because that is where they beat you. Like, they they are so good at forcing that kind of stuff um, and really capitalizing on it. And and the kind of same thing goes, like, I think Michigan is a little bit better team overall, like top to bottom and too deep kind of um, as a full team. I think they are better. But if you give Washington a special touchdown or maybe, you know, couple fumbles in your red zone or something crazy like that they will beat you a hundred percent um and that's what makes it i mean that's why it's a good football game so let's go finish it up wrap it up and then all off season we'll get to talk about a bunch of nonsense and uh 
in our in a bunch of crazy stuff. So it's fun to actually talk about real ball on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, games on Monday, right? Yep. Monday night. Okay, cool. We'll try to hit a little to Tuesday night. We did a live last year during the game. We did during just, just the blowout. The blowout. Dude. Yeah. We were talking about the Knicks. <laughs> what is up with the Knicks? <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening. Paydirt Sports. Find us on Twitter at Paydirt underscore sports on Instagram at Paydirt Sports. Yeah, guys. One more game. We'll see you all next week. Paydirt out. Hail to the victor.